Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I am your host, Michelle Gale, and today I am here with someone really special. His name is Andrew Newman. He is an author and the founder of Conscious Bedtime Story Club. He is from South Africa, and I'm going to just read you a little bit from one of his books, in the back of his books, the bio. He says, I have a deep longing for connection and a huge love of all things spiritual. These passions led me on a 12-year personal and professional exploration of the art, science, and mystery of healing. Along the way, many teachers and clients inspired my creativity. As my heart opened to poetry and writing, I began to receive these special stories. They have simple, touching messages that seem deeply familiar to all who read them. My hope is that they make life brighter, simpler, and happier. And I'm so I'm so happy to introduce you to our listeners. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Michelle. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Really wonderful. And so the Conscious Bedtime Story Club. So I looked on your website again recently and saw all these wonderful books that you've been writing. And I'd love for you to just start out by sharing, you know, I, I'm reading in your bio how these stories started coming to you. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's very much like I received stories. And uh, my, my personal journaling practice uh, was quite poetical in nature. And one day, shortly after finishing some uh, graduating from a healing school, I wrote a poem that summarized uh, what my experience there was. And I thought, wow, this needs some pictures. And I knew uh, someone who was an illustrator at the time, and I, she, she illustrated that book. And at the time, I was living in Scotland. I wasn't making any money. I got 10 pounds an hour. She charged 10 pounds an hour. And we, took, we took forever to, to make a book. But, but it was, a, it was, it was a, a labor of love. I, I, I asked her really never to tell anyone we were doing it, and I didn't share it with anyone because it was, it was something that felt uh, uh, close and intimate and personal. I had no idea I was going to end up with what we're on now, a dozen stories and um, that, that, that they would shape in, into this bedtime story club. But I do like to, to trust and follow creativity, I think. Mm. It can lead us places. Yeah, and it does. It, it calls out. You know, it comes after us, I feel like, our creativity. Right. <laughs> if, we, if we listen for it and prepare to meet it, yeah. Yeah, it comes after us. So I would... Um, I would love for you to share how, so why children's stories? I mean, you, you're not a father, right? No. I, I did, I, have you grown up around a lot of children? Like what, what inspired it to be children's stories? Well, I think part of that is my nature, just to, just to be playful and colorful. And I like, uh, I like the, the vibrancy of life. Uh, mm. But the other side, uh, a bit deeper from the perspective of this, 
uh, healing journey that I've been on and training as a healer over, over 12 years in two different uh, schools, every client who ever came to me is dealing with an issue that started before they were six years old. Mm. And fundamentally, those, those seem to focus around the, 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 the belief that they're not safe to be themselves uh, you know, their fuller self, their higher self, the, you know, the, the big radiant glowing version of self and uh, that they, and that they somehow don't belong. Um, they stick out, they, they're not included, they, they don't fit in. And it seems, you know, why is it that everybody feels they don't belong? I mean, it's a bit weird. <laughs> it's yes. like, so, and I thought, I thought, let's see if, if some of the messages and some of the, uh, uh, the things I'd come to re-understand um, as I'd gone through my journey, um, I could share with others and they perhaps wouldn't have to go through um, the same mistaken path uh, and that I see so many people walk, including myself, for many years. Mm, are you willing to share some of those things that you began to re-understand? Um, absolutely. Uh, the biggest one is that the that the universe is kind and that everything works to support me. Um, and that's a, it's a big one to take on board when, when, when one's challenged or when uh, we're tied up in uh, blame or judgment or uh, listening to the, uh, uh, the unhealthy aspects of our egoic self that is very unprotective and competitive and, uh, wants to be better than, uh, you know, the next person. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Well, I know that the soul of, of the work that you're doing right now is that at least part of the soul that from what I understand is that the last 20 minutes of the day is some of the most important between, between parent and child or caregiver and child. Um, how did you come to that? When I, was, when I was getting my understanding about how childhood wounding takes place, um, and I'm not talking about major dramatic um, trauma events, I'm talking about this misunderstanding that says, oh, hold on, I'm not safe to be myself. Mm -hmm. I could see that those were always events that happened in relationship. So a teacher says to a kid something in a tone that isn't, uh, received well, it's unsupportive, and the child begins to shrink back a little bit. That little experience that they have is a daytime experience, and yet, and yet, if it's not unpacked at some stage before bed, then the psyche is going to be working hard on it um, at night to try and make sense of what happened in the day. Mm. Uh, my belief is that that I, I treat sort of each each new day as. Um, the infinite possibility we wake up with the possibility to be our full self and, and and that possibility exists until the first script runs which says no it's not safe or no you don't belong or no you need to you 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 can't do that you you're you're too big or too bright or too something and um my personal observation was that when i went to sleep um feeling disconnected from myself in any way that I, my sleep was worse and that my, uh, my mornings 
uh, I woke up with less confidence. And I can still see that pattern as a as a as a an adult. Um, that if I you know if I spend too long on Netflix and I don't take some quiet time to kind of make sense of myself, and then I've I'm, I'm off to sleep. You know, in the morning I wake up feeling uh, feeling a bit grumbly. Mm. And uh, and I've I've mapped this with uh, with other people and come to come to see that that the because all all wounding happens in relationship. It's also true that all healing happens in relationship, mm. and that uh, that uh, connection between parent and child in those last twenty minutes of the day, when the psyche somehow transitioning from from day to night, from awake to sleep. Um, that connection at that time lets the parent know how the child is doing, which gives them relief because they want, they were, you know, how many parents are saying, I don't, I, I'm not a good parent because I did this thing in the day. Um, and, uh, and there's an opportunity to, um, to reset and return to right relationship and for the child to be able to have a space where it's safe for them to share things. And I hear a lot that that kids talk. Kids talk just in those last minutes before going to sleep. Yes, I I will collab corroborate that <laughs> statement. Yeah, they do. They talk in those last few minutes of sleep. And sometimes, you know, even I find with my with my soon to be fourteen year old, um, in the evenings he'll start talking, and um, you know we'll end up being up a little bit later than we expected to because something happens um, when after you've had that shower and the warm water and you know everything the nervous system has calmed down just a little bit mm. the walls come down and mm. um, and there really is this beautiful opening for connection and and for some sh- you know sharing that wouldn't otherwise happen during the day. Right. And I want, I want parents to be awake and ready for that moment to happen. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I, one of my favorite sayings is that life is a surprise. And this is one of those classic examples. You never know when your kids are going to open up. And, yeah. and in the moment that they do, you've got to be recognized for what, what it is that's happening and be prepared to not be held to the structures of, Oh, the lights have to go out now, or they have to be asleep. But in fact, that this, there's a, there's a there's a uh, an asking and a wanting and a connection um, that can be made, and if we anticipate that by making the last twenty minutes a spiritual practice mm-hmm. uh, of a form, between the age of naught and about seven or eight years old, you're almost tied into this as a parent. You're kind of like you you guaranteed you're going to be in this position every night um, for for seven or eight years. And 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 why not use that as um, uh, as a as the blessing that it can be? Yeah, that's really beautiful, and I love thinking about this as a spiritual practice, right? I I don't know that I've really thought about the ending of the day as a spiritual practice, although you know, it's, since my children were very young, we've always had different rituals, you know, over the years and gratitudes and. Um, sharings and when they were really young singing and um, but I love thinking about it as as a spiritual practice right and and I've made those some of those things that you've just named are, are things that have been integrated into the books so the book the, the boy who searched for silence um, at the back of every book there's an activity page and we have it we have a gratitude spiral and it's exactly that to kind of make it easy because sometimes to to be the 
the the parent and to come up with the idea of what you're doing at that time, you know, might take effort. And but here it is, it's done for you. What mm. was your favorite part of the story? What was your favorite part of the day? Who are the people you shared your day with? And what would you like to thank them for? And then I like to jump off the cliff as well. And what I mean by that is to ask the question: So, what one difficult thing happened in your day today? Mm. Let let's let it come to the surface, and then and then see. So, who helped you with it? And and then kind of what do you need to get, um, you know, what do you need for tomorrow? Do you want to wake up with trust or love or kindness? And we can tuck that under the pillow so that the the difficult moment is being is being healed through the the connection and through sleep. Yeah, and I love that idea of not necessarily pushing that bad, you know, experience or person or feeling away, you know, really to acknowledge it and to tuck it under the pillow and, um, you know, integrate it. It's, it's, um, it's, it's super important. We, we have a, a book called The Hug Who Got Stuck, and I got met by, it's, it's a journey between head and heart. The, the little hug wants to get out of the hug factory in the center of the heart, but gets caught in the web of sticky thoughts. And we had a, a, a beautiful impromptu interview that came about at a market on the weekend with six-year-old Chloe. And Chloe read the book, and I said to Chloe afterwards, can we ask you some questions? She said, great. <laughs> and, and said, so Chloe, so what are, like, what are your sticky thoughts? And in the book, there are sticky thoughts like, I'm not good enough, nobody loves me, I'm all alone. And then Chloe added to that, she says, um, nobody wants to play with me. Mm. And um, everybody's angry at me, mm. and it was it was so touching just to just to see her be able to verbalize those experiences so literally because she had uh, had had the metaphor uh, drawn out for her through story. Yeah, and we said to her, "What do you do when you when you um, when you get a sticky thought?" She says, "No, I just take a breath and I." I, I mean, her words were, I take a pause from life. I'm like a six-year-old said, I take a pause from life. <laughs> and, wow. And I breathe in and I, and I relax. And it's like, but that's exactly what the hug does in the story. Aww. The hug breathes in and, and glows brightly, focuses entirely on the heart the love is for. And I thought, wow, my work is done here. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, um, I'm reminded of another children's book that feels like a beautiful companion book. I'm not sure if you've read it, but um, Byron, have you ever read Byron Katie's has a children's book called Tiger, Tiger, Is It True? Yeah, it's on the shelf. Yes. And so that feels like such a beautiful sister book <laughs> to your books, you know, when you have these, when they get to these places um, to be able to question that. And it's so beautiful that you're giving them the words and... Um, and giving parents that guidance, I really appreciate that because I do find, um, you know, when I work with parents, sometimes there's just this stuckness around, you know, I'm not creative, right? And I don't know, okay, well, if I'm going to have a family meeting, you know, I don't know what to do. Right. And, and I feel like you could use these questions, you know, not even just at bedtime. I mean, all of these questions in the back, or do, do all the books have questions in the back? They've all got, they've got, um, so what have we said? We've got the hug meter, which checks where your sticky thoughts are. We've got the gratitude spiral, the laughing witch does a bedtime bubble spell. Um, the elephant to try to tiptoe has a, uh, a body scan. So mm -hmm. it's a progressive relaxation exercise. And uh, the, the new book that's, that's coming out shortly, which is an animal communication book, we actually give 
um, children all of the tools to practice animal communication. Wow. And, you know, before we got on our interview, we were, I was asking you what, what lights you up these days. And that was one of the things you said was animal communication. So tell me a little bit about mm. that. Uh, yes. Connection with animals is something which I, I think is very natural to humans. And it, uh, kids are just great at it and they thrive. We, we see that companion pets are important. But what it does, I mean, children have this intrinsic uh, desire to connect with uh, with nature and with animals. When they have that connection, um, it, it's uh, it's very normal. When they don't have it, there's a uh, there's a something missing, uh, and that something missing can uh, result in a uh, again a kind of an, an encasement and uh, and a way that they they get um, withdrawn into themselves. Mm. And when they have connection with Animals and the, and and they get a, a a really great response from animal communication that validates um, their intuitive nature. Um, then the, their natural empathy has a place to go. Their natural compassion, their, 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 the 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 wholeness that the world is, gets very really well modelled in uh, the animal child communication. And so it really is this way to develop their intuition with animals. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 I, and we, we, we've seen, so, so the, the book is called How Diablo Became Spirit. And uh, there, are, there are listeners who will, who will recognize that name and will have watched the YouTube uh, video of an animal communicator called Anna Breitenbach connecting with a black leopard called Spirit. And it's a, it's a transformational a moment that got very fortunately caught on film because it changed the life for the, the caretakers in the in the wildlife sanctuary uh, for Spirit who had never been out of his shelter for six months. That afternoon, he he walked out and explored his shelter. So uh, the power of of healthy communication and connection uh, was modelled there, and I think that parents are longing to feel connected to their children. They're longing to feel connected to themselves. Um, uh, if our children can connect to nature, if, if we as grown-ups can connect to nature, all of the, all of the, this connecting every time I use it is the same thing that we're trying to get to. Yes, yes. Um, what are what are some of the things that you hear from parents? You know, what are some of the outcomes? Some of the more exciting outcomes? You know somebody orders a few of your books, maybe they join the club, they're getting them regularly. Um, what kind of letters do you get? What kind of love notes do you get from parents or from children? You know, I get the, I get the cutest things. We've got, we've got uh, uh, little girls running around the house trying to tiptoe saying, I'm an elephant, I'm an elephant. <laughs> the elephant to try to tiptoe. We've got the, we've got the four-year-old actually saw this firsthand at, at a local a Montessori school where I was doing a reading for the boy who searched for silence. And uh, there's a page in the book where he goes searching to the bottom of the garden and then to the park and then to the forest. And there's a four-year-old in front of me with her hand up in the air going, it's inside him. It's inside him. Who's <laughs> um, like, wow, she's, she's got this understanding. Um, I have parents who feel um, they found a way to, um, to create a rhythm and a structure around the end of their day mm. where they haven't had it before. Um, they use the, uh, the snuggle breathing exercise, which is the, 
the four breaths at the start of each story that that is just a doorway into story and um and uh, uh i mean it's just the the favorite thing is the that I get is when, when parents are going, my kid, my kid sees that they haven't got all the books and we've got to get another one. (laughs) You're like, good job, kid. Look look to see how many there are. So there's 12 total now. That's right. And you're just going to keep writing them. What's the plan? Uh, The, the long-term vision is I want to write. I, I mean, I want to keep writing. Uh, the subscription service is what we're building out. Um, it's available now for the first time, and that's a, a book a month and um, coloring in books that go with the books and teaching aids. And we have a lot of uh, support from um, therapists, the, the Colorado Play Institute or the um, Play Therapy Institute. Um, uh, uh, therapists who walk into it and go, we just need this. Thank you. We'll take it. We've got teachers who want it. And I, I'd like to get it to schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how we, how we get to meet Dolly Parton. who has got this incredible imagination library that ships over a million books a month to uh, five-year-olds for, for free wow. around the world. So um, uh, the books will find their place. That's what I trust. Yeah. And um, the, the mindfulness and education networks will, uh, I'm getting closer to them. We'll see who, um, who wants them, um, who's, who's drawn to collaborate and to partner. Yeah. I I will be writing more. I mean, we were working now on a book called the girl with waterfall eyes. Um, Mm. we are circle people. Um, my squeaky halo, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they just keep coming. Oh, these are wonderful titles. They're wonderful titles. And so really you've, you've just kind of brought these into the world and been following your nose and, and trusted they'd, they'd find their place. And where, where is all this trust? Like, just, can you talk a little bit about you know, there's just this ease around this journey for you. And I'm sure it's been hard work and, and long days and, um, you know, you've been tired, but I'm also hearing this kind of surrender and, and trust around, around what you're doing. Where does, where does that come from? Uh, uh, Michelle, it comes from a lot of uh, personal work and getting to recognize when I'm aligned with um, myself and uh, you know, I could say things like what I'm here to do. Um, uh, I, I, I left a fourth generation family business when I was in my late twenties. And I, I certainly had 15 years of uh, many different jobs and, and pieces of work that I was doing that got me closer and closer to feeling congruent within myself about who I am, how I am and what I'm creating. And, um, these with with this particular work and these stories, everything just feels right for me, and uh, and so I keep doing it. I love it. I love it, and I love how it addresses such a need um, for parents, particularly at the end of the day. Right? We also often call it the witching hour. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> after dinner. You know, I remember calling it that, and 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 it's really addressing this transition time 
you know, from, from day to night. They can also be a struggle because kids won't get in the shower and won't get in the bath and won't brush their teeth. And, and so there's often this struggle at the end of the day, just kind of getting kids to <laughs> move along. And then after the struggle, um, there's this kind of sweet recovery and, and, and <laughs> presence that your books offer. So I think it's just wonderful. There's, thank you. There's, you know, there's such a different parenting posture. There's this kind of like, like uh, you know, the, the almost authoritarian. I mean, I, I know that our, our conscious listeners have got, have got good communication skills, but there's still a, a responsibility, which is often mum going, brush your teeth, have your shower, put your pajamas on. Yes. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a front-to-front um, challenging posture. And then, we, and then you get to, to kind of sneak into, into bed next to them under the nightlight with a story, and all of a sudden you're side by side and you're, and you're allies and you, and you get to go on this, this journey together. And, you know, the story will take you maybe on a hero's journey down into, into something challenging and then bring you out the other side you know, teaching you the solution to a problem you might not yet have faced. And, uh, and just the companionship of, of doing that together as you turn a page, uh, I think is what, what makes story time so, so mesmerizing. Mm, I love it. I love it. And we're running out of time. So I want to make sure to leave a minute or two for you to share how people can reach you, you know, how they can connect with your books, where they can buy them. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Consciousstories.com is the website and the home base for uh, the collection where people can buy books one at a time or uh, sign up for a 12 month subscription. And uh, we promise to give you lots of love. Uh, either way, we, will, we, we want you to draw close. Um, if you're uh, an educator, we, we have um, teaching kits for you. If you're a therapist, we, we, want, we want to know how to support you in your community. Um, the collection uh, is available on Amazon. And uh, uh, I do have an author page under the name of Andrew Newman, but there are, there are a few Andrew Newmans in the world. So look for a title, look for the boy who searched for silence and everything else will open up from that point there. Mm. And, uh, and of course, Facebook, uh, uh, the Facebook communities called conscious bedtime story club. And uh, that's uh, where the fun pictures and uh, videos pop up often. And where maybe they could even meet you in person because you do get around. I certainly do. There's been a lot of travel and I love that. If, if I can come and do story time at your school or your, or your, your house, let me know. Um, I've, I've done it at uh, the Centers for Spiritual Living. I have a great uh, number of uh, organizations around the country and they did story time from the, from the pulpit. Mm. I mean, it, was, it was just beautiful. Mm, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, Andrew, thank you for taking time and thank you for being with us and sharing all of your gifts and magic of story with our listeners. It's a great pleasure, Michelle. Thank you so much for hosting me. Thank you. And I will be signing off and we will see you next time. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend. 
and give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.